Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Ben! Hi. <laughs> this is a disingenuous open. Uh, ben and I just had a nice long little talk there before we decided to start recording. Uh, you have news this week. I uh, do. You went back to work. It's, if my boss is listening, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> Why is your she, boss <laughs> She's not listening, though, so I don't I have to pretend. Say. I don't have to pretend to be happy about this anymore, like it, it, when she <laughs> called me last week. Oh, wow. She called me last week, my boss did, and told me, uh, well, she asked me, how would you like to come back to work next week? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's what I've been waiting to hear. <laughs> and I was all happy, and so I'm back at work. And I'm honestly grateful I have a job. I'm returning at full pay and everything, so that's awesome. I know I'm fortunate in that regard. Yes. I was getting a little nervous that my furlough was maybe going to turn into a permanent layoff. And well, I'm glad so it took you a couple of weeks gl- to admit that, finally. Yeah, so anyway, I'm, I'm do glad, I am glad that I have my job still. Um, so I, I'm not glad that returning to work means physically returning to the office of my dumb company to are you actually at the work. office yeah Ugh. they they are so dead set <clears throat> against working from home the, the culture here is so backwards and regressive and conservative and whatever that they mm-hmm. just do not trust their employees to work from home so i went into the office today my first day back this is monday i had half of my day was booked with meetings, which were all done over Google Meet. We did not have any in-person meetings because that's discouraged right now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because of distancing. But it's so I can do virtual meetings from home. I don't have to go into the office to do virtual meetings. So basically what they're doing is just having everybody into the building to like share a bathroom for eight hours. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's asinine. I don't understand why we're doing this. So um, well, it's because you're uh, the owner of the company has some real, real big ideas and a lot of uh, opinions. He's an outrage machine. He's your classic outrage machine. He's uh, yeah, he wrote that he, letter to the governor <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, he, he probably thinks this is all a hoax. This whole yeah, for sure, killing and have yeah, you, just the, it's just have, ridiculous. Have you ever really looked at the Michigan protests, the reopened Michigan protests with all the guys showing up with guns? Do you think your boss might have been there? Like, have you looked over enough of the footage to make sure that he actually wasn't there with a gun? Oh, he wouldn't do that. He's not going to get that close to common people. <laughs> That's a good point. I suppose you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that sucks. So you're so full... yeah. That, that's my big news. Yeah, it's not even Back shorter days. It's just full eight hour, eight and a half hour. Full days eight hour and... day, which which wow. is you know again, I'm returning to my job, my full time job at full pay. So that's great. Mm-hmm. But it's just why, why, what, what are they accomplishing yeah. by having to go into the office instead of just working from home? We should figure out if we can get someone to uh, like call in a bomb threat or something every single day, that'll force you guys to not be in the office. Well, I mean, what are I some of the options just, here? Well, I think it, the 
easiest option is just to wait a couple of weeks until the entire office contracts coronavirus. It'll take care of it. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Well, as long as you don't contract it, yeah, I guess it's a full hoof plan. Um, oh, no, everyone, everyone's getting yeah, it. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, what if you like, got one of those? They have um, these, they have these those new high end masks. Yeah, there's nobody's wearing masks in there. Um, oh, you're kidding me. No, there, there's no masks. I, my boss told <sighs> me I am welcome to wear one if it'll make me feel better. Um, oh my so yeah. god! <laughs> there's no mask. There's there's a thermal imaging scanner when you walk in. Everyone gets scanned, and there's one entrance. So only one of the entrances is for entry. They have all the traffic going in one door and out the other door. I don't know how that helps exactly, but I guess so. People aren't yeah. crossing, coming and going from the building. Um, yeah, there's like extra signs up in the bathroom telling you how to wash and sanitize your hands. It, it's just these oh, like. Oh, that's a foolproof plan right there. You know, it's just these half ass things that, to, like check all the like minimally necessary boxes to open the office up. It's just ridiculous. I would love it if uh, <clears throat> like people are doing research on how to stem the spread uh, and everything and they realize like there's. If there was more awareness of hand washing, that would literally drop it down like 99%. It's like if we just put up enough hand washing signs, we could kill this virus. <laughs> so yeah, that's what there, your, your that's, owner of your company has jumped in on. Yeah, but there, there are so many laminated signs up everywhere now. It, it's like in the break room, they put up a bunch of signs yeah. like, make sure you wash your hands before you use the ice maker. Don't linger at the coffee pots. <laughs> just get what you need and get out. Uh, it, Don't yeah, linger. Yeah, there's signs up like that, like in the, the kitchenette. Like, only one person in the kitchen at all times. Oh, my God. Just, I don't, yeah, why? Why? Uh, they so, should use a yeah. Trump's uh, quote. The, what is it, like the looters get shot quote that he said on Twitter that got kind of censored or put a well, warning yeah, on it? It's uh, way more should, rhymey than the, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Yeah, you should they, you should figure out something kind of cute along those lines about hanging, like if you linger on the coffee pot, like something along those lines <laughs> and post it up there. Like just start almost doing your own kind of like just graffiti style, the guerrilla marketing thing where you're just like countering all of his bullshit with even more absurd bullshit. Slightly, ab- uh, yeah, just a little bit absurd, just slightly. Uh, so what I'm looking for here. Subversive, a little bit, a little bit subversion in there. Ah, there you go. Uh, yep, exactly. Yeah. Just basically base everything off of like a Trump tweet that you've reworded a little bit. That if anyone pays attention, they might be able to figure it out. Yeah, I don't funny. have time for that. Though. I'm um, ridiculously busy though, so I don't have time for that. So fine. I, have, I haven't done any work right for now. six you weeks, be... so I gotta. Well, I was. Uh, I don't know if we're going to mention this now or later, but I'm too busy to finish my book, hmm. unfortunately. But uh, anyway, how was how was your week? Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, well, I was going to say I was going to try to completely avoid ever talking about the uh, protesting and stuff until the very, very end. But then I brought up the Trump tweet thing and it completely ruined that uh, little bit I was going to go for. Okay. Uh, Not much going on in the week. The kids finished school last week, uh, so they were just sort of hanging around the house. And for the first time in months, they were like in pretty good moods. 
my oh, youngest got together with a friend that actually lives somewhat nearby, so that's adorable. She can get on Wait, a bike I, and take this little back way. And is, hmm. is that allowed right now? I don't. I honestly don't know what the rules are anymore. What are you supposed to be doing? And is she? It's like, supposed to be ten people or less. Is what oh, all these okay. parents are going with now. So I'm just going along with it because at this point. My oldest daughter, even before the 10 people or less rule kicked into play, uh, my oldest daughter would get together with her best friend that lives down the street from her mom's house. Okay. Um, and she would sneak off to do it. Like, she wasn't supposed to. So she would just be like, all right, I'm going to go outside and take a walk, Mom. And then she'd go see her friend and, like, hang out oh, and stuff. Gotcha. So, yeah, I was already a losing battle. Um, so now that it's the 10 people or less, I think most people, most parents are just kind of giving in and letting the kids hang out and stuff. So, <clears throat> um but otherwise, yeah, uh, so Margo's been doing that, so she's been having a good time. Uh, my oldest is uh, in a pretty good mood now. She went from being super depressed where she just lay on the floor of her bedroom uh, on her phone watching TikTok videos for like eight hours. Uh, now she's actually kind of up and moving around and more chatty and stuff. So that's a good thing. Oh, all right, that's good. But uh, yeah, then the demonstrations uh, happened. Uh, yeah. God, you're right. All the days are blending together. Was it Wednesday? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what day. Uh, Wednesday um, or Thursday? I don't know what the Wednesday. I want to say the when did the cops yeah. murder George Floyd? Was that Monday? Oh, I thought it was Tuesday. Okay. See, the days are all blending together. Uh, yeah. Being stuck at home all the time. Time has no meaning. Well, anyways, when the the so, first yeah, was day Wednesday, of the first protests happened, of, yeah. I. Th- think so yeah i'm just guessing now at this point i don't know what the hell i'm saying I, yeah but i was kind of wanting to go down there um because it seems like a big deal plus uh george floyd is from the town i'm currently living in just outside of minneapolis and so uh i was like oh like i should go down and see what's going on uh i got a friend who lives a couple blocks away from um like the the where the shooting happened and or the murder happened and uh, so I was going to maybe get together with him and go down there. But I had my kids. And so um, I told my kids, hey, what if I took off for like the next five hours? <clears throat> You're old enough to be on your own. One of them's 15. And uh, they were like, no, don't go. <laughs> so I was like, oh, why didn't you take it. the kids? They just didn't want me to go just because they wanted. Uh, they would never go. They don't leave the house. They oh. don't. Uh, plus, that's that for COVID. That one's a big one. Like, it's one thing if I'm sort of aware of my surroundings and trying to keep a good distance, you know. There's no way my kids are going to go, for one, because they just want to lay in bed and not do anything. But then also they won't want to be around large groups of people and stuff. And then also, you know, keeping... Well, yeah, neither do... I don't know why you think you're somehow immune to the big crowds, but they wouldn't be. Like, that was one thing that prevented me from participating in any of that. It's like, yeah, it's a big crowd of people. Not supposed to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't. I was sort of thinking like, this is uh, at least for me personally. I just sort of see it as like this is a pretty big deal, and um, I would probably want to just go and say that I witnessed, you know, some part of history. I was there, you know, listening to the people talk and all that stuff, um, and sort of the solidarity show force kind of thing, uh, you know, of like we're out here to say stop killing people all the time. Um, yeah, but yeah, I know you don't kids didn't have want to explain me to that part to me. I, I get that part. Is well, like a, my, that my part seemed worth the risk? The, is what I'm getting. The at. disease part. Okay. Yeah, that's. I thought like the risk would. I 
might be kind of working okay. for me. Like, I'd be satisfied uh, with it. So anyways, <clears throat> I don't really have anything intelligent to say about the entire situation, so I kind of don't want to say a whole lot about it. But yeah, I didn't get to go. Um, but the one thing I thought was amazing is when fires, when the looting started to happen and fires started to break out, like at the auto parts store, um, it was, you know, if you look at CARE 11 News or channel five or whatever, especially Fox news. Um, they, it's all looks terrifying. Like as far as you can tell, people are just running around in the streets and it's a free for all. And if you're out there, it's going to be dangerous. And you just get this impression that it's like, just like in the movies, like a scary, scary riot. But I stumbled across, uh, when I was on Twitter looking for a live feed or any information, uh, I stumbled across unicorn riot, which I've never heard of until this last week. Uh, and Unicorn Riot is an organization based out of Minneapolis that basically just goes on the scene of any event and just live streams and walks around and, you know, asks people questions about what's going on and stuff. Yeah, but they I, do it for like six hours. And I have you been watching any of that? Yeah, I was going to say I've, I've consumed some Unicorn Riot content. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching the live streams for like full four hours and stuff. And, uh, you just get transfixed because everyone's so damn normal and nice. Even though someone in the distance is uh, lighting a fire or breaking into a building, everyone else is like shouting at him to cut it out or just being normal and just like, I don't know. It's just the whole thing was crazy to me about how like safe it seemed. But that's about it. I'm sure everything that came out of my mouth is ignorant and I'm going to regret everything I said, but uh, that was my experience with it. I was cringing while you were talking. I'm sure you were. God damn it. I'm going to edit the hell out of this whole thing. <laughs> Good. Instead, there's going to be like, it's like, uh, I'll just replace everything I just said right now, which I'm sure is going to come off as incredibly embarrassing and cringy. And I'll just edit in me reading a poem that I wrote or something instead. I'm sure that'll be a lot less embarrassing. Oh, that sounds nice. Well, anything else going on in your week, Ben? Is that pretty much it? Um, yeah, that's, I think, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I guess let's move on to review our books. Oh, wait. Do you have any news from Gretchen? Yeah, I think the most pressing news is Gretchen really needs to find another job. Um, she <laughs> has way too much time on her hands. Um, still, you cu- still haven't learned to support her in the backyard blast, have you? I'm just, I'm concerned. Um, she's getting way too invested in this. I don't know if it's healthy. <laughs> um <laughs> So, what does yeah, she got yes. for us? Huh? What does she got? For, oh, did she like the music I picked out? I think I'm gonna pick out some new music for the backyard uh, blast segment. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, but like yesterday morning, uh, yesterday being Sunday, she she texted me in the morning asking what time we were recording because we've been. She knows that we've been recording on Sundays lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told her we probably weren't recording until tonight. So. Um, that seemed good. It seemed like that maybe eased some of the pressure she was putting on herself to come up with uh, what <laughs> she's calling Gretchen's backyard blast bird burb. <laughs> Wait, say that one more time. Gretchen's backyard blast bird blurb. <laughs> oh my god, I. F- I am so happy. I don't know I, how to. I don't know how to soak that information in. My body's tingling. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> anyway, she seemed to be relieved that we were recording yesterday because she took almost a full 24 hours to uh, get back to me with, <laughs> oh, with the blurb. She's just a well-crafted blurb. Oh. Um, so are you ready for this? Yeah, hit yeah. me. I'm dying for the bird blurb. I, well, she's sticking with the Corvid family. Uh, of last week, she mentioned the crows. Another relative in the Corvid family is the Blue Jay. And mm-hmm. when offered peanuts in the shell at your feeder... Blue Jays will pick up the peanuts to gauge their weight and take the heaviest one. They like heavy peanuts, apparently. <laughs> uh, they are also able to imitate a hawk's call to make the birds at a feeder scatter so they can have the food all to themselves. Oh, whoa, whoa. Look at the cutthroat the- world of birds. Yeah. Look at that. There you go. That's Scratchin's backyard belt. Backyard blast bird blurb. That's. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. Oh my god, that makes me so happy. Gretchen's backyard blast bird blurb. Yeah, rolls oh, off. Of- I think it works great. Well, thank you, Gretchen. That was amazing. All right, let's go dive into our books. What books did you read? Oh, books. I was oh, supposed you to only do read one. one? I didn't even finish the one I picked out. <laughs> well, let's let the was, loser start because you're going to need still, that. Uh, I pro- Okay, I probably still read more pages than you did, though. Oh, God. You and your pages. It's all about penis well, size know. with you, isn't it? Well, hey, you kind of started it. You just called me the loser. Because you didn't finish your book. But here yeah, you are. You're going to talk about it. Can't you just cheat and just, like, go find a like a place that reviews the book you read and then you can find out what the ending is. Wikipedia is good for that. And no, then you can because say, I like, oh yeah, take... I finished it. Here's how the book ended. No, because I don't read. I read for the, the pleasure of finishing the book. <laughs> I don't, I don't read just so I have something to talk to you about. <laughs> Fine. So why, why would I ruin what the end book of the book? Did you not read so this like, week? I read most of it. Okay. It was a 458 <laughs> page long book and I'm only 60 pages short of finishing it. So I was a little distracted by oh, all well, the well. Uh, unrest. Okay. I'm, I'm not living the sheltered suburban life that you're so privileged to have where your biggest concern is the, the current state of your lawn. <clears throat> oh, did I remember to water the grass oh, today? Oh, oh, wait, do you think, what Oh, I, uh, we also have signs of unrest here. The target over here boarded up its windows and closed. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happened okay. to it, but they yeah. did it. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. I'm a part of it. I live through it. Yeah, anyway. There's Anyways, go on with your book. Burnt out buildings in my neighborhood. So I was a little distracted by that. I didn't end other things. And then, so I didn't uh, <laughs> finish the book. But I read most of it. And it's been delightful Fine. so far. And I've heard the ending is just also, it keeps you guessing right to the end. So uh, it is a novel <laughs> by Stuart Turton called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Um, it's fairly I new just book. love I that you open this up by saying, uh, I've heard that the ending is amazing. That, that, that part right there is uh, probably the best part of the review so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the book about as far as you read? Uh, well, it's complicated. Um, <laughs> did I uh, did I read the description of this last week when I said I was going to read? Uh, According read to Harper's Bazaar, yeah. uh, Pop, go on. Uh, 
Harper's Bazaar says, pop your favorite Agatha Christie whodunit into a blender with a scoop of Downton Abbey, a dash of Quantum Leap, and a liberal sprinkling of Groundhog Day, and you'll get this unique murder mystery. <laughs> um, this sounds absurd. So there's a murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this lady called Evelyn Hardcastle gets murdered in this book, and the protagonist has to figure out who did it. And it's this... <laughs> it's set at this English country estate. Mm-hmm. Why are you laughing? Oh, just because that seems like the most straightforward murder mystery, you know, plot I've ever heard. But go on. There's got to be a twist if it's got Groundhog's Day and stuff involved. So continue. Well, so it's set at this English country manor. Um, I think it's probably in the 1930s or so. Um, but the protagonist has eight days to determine who killed this Evelyn Hardcastle person. Um, but it's he it's not eight separate days. He keeps living the same day eight times over and each <laughs> day is inhabiting the body of a different host. So there's, there's this big party going on at this uh, at this estate. And so he occupies eight of the attendees of these parties and he has How? to try and piece Why? out piece together what's <laughs> Because there's this supernatural element to it, and there's um, this mysterious plague doctor, he calls him. So, like, one of those old-timey guys who wears, like, the bird mask mm-hmm. for the plague, you know, in the yeah. black coat. So this this guy is kind of his mysterious guide through some of this and, and kind of tells him what's going on, that he he's only going to be allowed to leave this place once he solves the murder. And um, as the novel goes on, you, you find out there's a couple other people also inhabiting or not necessarily just trying to solve the murder. There's three of them there trying to escape this weird, mysterious mansion. And um, it turns out the protagonist has been through this cycle of living the lives of these eight people for a day. He's gone through this thousands of times and he hasn't been able to solve this murder yet. So it's, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's really, it's a fun book. I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. All right. Well, it sounds weird as hell, but you, you are seem to enjoying have it. questions and or doubts. I thought you liked weird books. I, th- I thought you'd be into this. Maybe I'm just not describing it very well. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should be sorry. The apologies is yeah. one of the most important aspects of this podcast is <laughs> that everyone apologizes yeah. if they don't talk about a book uh, well enough. <clears throat> yeah, well, I, don't I don't know where to begin. Strong. I do have maybe questions. I should, maybe I should have. I maybe should have prepped for this a little bit better because it's a very, it's not an easy book to describe. I, I don't want to, well, sure. I, first of all, I, like I said, I did finish it. So I, I don't know how it ends and I don't want to reveal too much of it because it's, uh, I don't want to spoil it. Because oh, I would highly sure. recommend based on the first 80% of it that I've read, I would recommend someone else read it too. It's <laughs> great. It was very well reviewed. It won awards and stuff. So I, I would say, yeah, pick up this book. And so I don't want to reveal too much about what's going on in there. Sure. No, I get um, that. Yeah, I guess I, weird. I do have I questions. Supernatural. Mystery. Okay. Fire how, away. how does, what is the premise of the supernatural aspect where this person can uh, be inside someone's body? What is that? Do they explain why that happens? Like, why does this person have that ability? Uh, that's just the. That's just the game. Uh, it's not explained. It's just that's what's going on here. So then, this host with the old time uh, disease mask. Uh, do they explain 
where that person comes from and why he's there? Does he ever say, like, does the person ever say, why am I inside this person's body? Hey, who are you? And how come no one else can see you? Like, does that ever come up? Well, other people can see him. I didn't say oh, nobody okay. else could see him. <laughs> so you're just... <laughs> um, no, it's not. I mean, again, I didn't, I didn't actually finish the book, so maybe this is all explained in the last 60 pages. Um, all right, fine. But no, it's... Mis- well, I just read it. No, because <laughs> damn it, we're gonna read. Why not? I thought you liked Ghostbusters no. next. Yeah, but I mean, you could read this one too. I'll I'll lend this one to you if we can ever see each other in person again. I'll uh, lend you this book. All right, fine. I thought I you liked weird it. stuff sometimes. I, I do I, like weird stuff. I, why are I'm not you so grumpy? Okay. Well, all right. I've been it's trapped a in my house. Fun book. Uh, I'm grumpy because I've been trapped in my damn house for months on end. Uh, and then, you know, rioting and looting happening, along with peaceful protesting. Uh, it's a lot of complicated thoughts Yeah, that feelings. was happening in my neighborhood, not yours. I know, but I had to watch it. Were you, why are you <laughs> concerned about the rioting? And, oh, you had to watch... Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, TV. I'm concerned. Okay. I mean, it's... Uh, the reasons you, why the protesting is happening me? is concerning. And uh, yes, I have friends. I... I figured since you never contacted me that you're, I'm just like, well, I guess he's fine. Because <laughs> I've been talking to other people that are all whatever. But, you know, everything about it's concerning well, and you're worried. No, you know, you're worried damn for- well, I can't, you know, damn well, I can't contact you to talk about it while it's going on. Because then we would have nothing to talk about now. We've been over this. we got to save it for the show. That's true. If you ever wound up in the hospital from getting shot with like a pepper bullet from one of the riot police or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'd come visit you in the hospital and be like, are you okay? And you just kind of whisper, save, save it for the show. You'll <laughs> be able to talk about it. Ask me again on Skype in four days. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything I can get you? No, no, just, just leave. Just save it for the show. <laughs> um, all right, fine. Well, yes, uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against reading that book. So if you want to lend it to me, I will definitely read it in the future, uh, but not right away because we have Ghostbusters yeah. to read yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, are you? Did you read a book this week or not? You're just skipping ahead to what we're reading next. Oh no, I read a book. Uh, let's oh, see. okay. Why are you talking about Ghostbusters already? Then can you say that again? Why are you talking about Ghostbusters already? Oh, you said okay. If you read something else, just like last week, um, just when I swear you said Gustbusters, you just did it again. As <laughs> I'm like, can you say it one more time? Uh, nah, I don't think I said it like that. Oh, I'll play it back for you later. <laughs> Anyways, I did read a book. Uh, my book. Okay. One thing uh, before I get into my book, uh, I got a text from my dad. And all my dad said was, uh, I had a 1959 Peugeot 403. And then I said, uh, what? <laughs> and then I looked it up on uh, Wikipedia, and I'm like, this little car? And he goes, yeah, it was midnight blue. And I said, okay, what does this relate to? I have no idea what you're talking about right now. And he goes, well, Ben said there was no such thing as a Peugeot. It was something he was reading that philosophically referring to the existence of Peugeot. But I had one. It was a 1959 Peugeot 403 Midnight Blue. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) so I think on some level he got offended or something like they fucking exist because I had one. (laughs) Like, I think he understands the point you were making. But at the same time, 
fucking acknowledge that I owned one. <laughs> so I just had to throw that in there. Um, I read Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls from the Baby's Sitter's Club. <laughs> Written by Anne M. Martin. Uh, it was published in October of 1986. I got the audiobook because I thought, I am so done trying to find something to read. And if when it's like a last, like I'm not just learning about a book by stumbling across it. They're like, oh, that looks cool. I should read that. But instead, I'm trying to purposely find something to read. Uh, I'm just failing. So I'm getting annoyed. And so now I'm just like, I'm just going to get an audiobook of this Babysitter's Club thing. And, um, and I'll just listen to it while I'm doing lawn work and God knows what else. So it's read by Elle Fanning, the younger sister of actress Dakota Fanning, which is interesting. Well, and Elle Fanning is an actress in her yeah, own, right? Yeah, she Doesn't is. She? I forget what movie she's in, but okay. I don't know. I don't even know what movies Dakota Fanning's been in, so I don't know anything about actors or movies anymore like I used to. But Yeah, me too, but <clears throat> I... I recognize the name. So what's interesting is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We have like a delay going on here, so it's like I keep cutting you off and stuff. Go. Is it because of the delay or are you just rude? <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. Can I talk about my book, Ben? Yeah, please do. I, I'm sure I need to give you all the time that we have so you can get into all the layers of the Babysitter's Club well, book that you so read. So this is what's interesting. I never knew that the Babysitter's Club was uh, basically like a series of memoirs on the creation and um, the kind of growth of this highly profitable staffing company with a focus on the babysitting space. I didn't realize that it's all true stories. So that's what blew my mind. Um, there's a, a woman named... Wait, Cla- hmm? seriously? No, I'm totally joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they had me going there for a little bit. Okay. Especially if it's like a, if it's all based on true stories of like the growth of this company and what each person went through as they're building this babysitting staffing company. But this one's called Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, just to give you a taste, uh, I have two little sound bites uh, because being read by Elle Fanning, uh, she definitely doesn't shy away from embracing the the sort of uh, your 1980s weird teen book uh, aesthetic. So, um, oh, she she is she's an actor. She is yeah. an actor. I, apparently, she appreciates these books and uh, was really excited to do this project for Audible. So, um, yeah, I was just going to give you a little soundbite of what I dealt with as I listened to about three hours of this book uh, on audio. How much I like to dress up. It's very important to me. I think clothes make a statement about the person inside them. Also, since you have to get dressed every day, why not at least make it fun? Traditional clothes look boring and are boring to put on, so I never wear them. I like bright colors and big patterns and funny touches, such as earrings made from feathers. Maybe this is because I'm an artist. I don't know. It just goes on and on and that's like so much of the book. The actual point of the Phantom Caller takes up so little space on the in the actual books themselves in the book itself that it's just full of a lot of dialogue like that. So it's pretty uh, 
nails on a chalkboard for a grown man like me to hear this sort of 1980s teen take on whatever. And, and how many how many hours of listening did that take you? Uh, it's about three hours. So it okay. wasn't the worst thing in the world. But um, yeah, it was still pretty fresh. I mean, that's three hours of I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this going on in my head over and over again. Um, so uh, the story is about a girl named Claudia. Uh, uh, she uh, is a she's runs the Babysitters Club because she's the only one in the 1980s that has her own phone line, so she can take business calls straight to her bedroom. Uh, and every week, her and the other uh, girls in the club all get together to have a meeting about uh, whose jobs they're going to work on, uh, which house they're going to go babysit at, and uh, write it all down in a schedule. And uh, just real business-minded little little uh, preteens. Uh, Claudia has a know-it-all sister, uh, Janine. And that's, uh, she's just, she has to help Claudia do her homework. Uh, Janine is, uh, oh boy, she's just a real, she's just a real pickle. She's not nice. She's always talking down to her like you're not smart enough to figure out this question, that kind of thing. And uh, she realizes yeah, Janine's a jerk. Then she's also got a crush on a boy named Trevor. Hey, he's a poet. He wrote for the uh, publication in their school called The Literary Voice, which is not something any school ever calls their paper. Uh, so that goes on for a lot of pages. And then, um, you know, Trevor doesn't know who she is as far as she knows. And boy, she's got a crush on him. And have you ever heard of the Bechdel test, Ben? Do tell, please. Oh, <clears throat> this is a thing I've uh, I picked up on over time listening to other podcasts and stuff. Uh, also known as the Bechdel Wallace test. Uh, I just stole this straight from Wikipedia so I can get a, a, a good uh, review of it. It's a measure. Is this hmm. okay? Is it some the uh, the thing about? female characters in media somehow like yep that's exactly it how man-centered they are and if they're actually people themselves in the work or not does that work <laughs> yep that's exactly it. okay it's right. uh written by a, a like a cartoonist um and came up with this whole test or whatever and it's kind of like partially a joke and also like as time went on people started to realize oh this is actually a way to measure <laughs> like if the female characters in any movie or book or anything uh, actually have any like are actually written okay or normally. Uh, it's a measure of the representation of women in fiction. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. The requirement is that the two women must be named and, and uh, sometimes added. So this thing failed the Bechtel test <laughs> like within the first chapter. Uh, because, uh, and I even made a little clip of that, which is very short. Uh, here the clip is, uh, that Claudia is getting a call from one of her other babysitter club friends. Uh, and this is the, the phone call. The sound of the phone made me jump. I reached for the receiver, wondering if there was just the teensiest chance that Trevor was on the other end. Hello? Hi, Claude, it's me. Hi, Stacy. What are you doing? Thinking about Trevor Sanborn. <laughs> what are you doing? Thinking about Sam Thomas. <laughs> Sam Thomas is one of the brothers. Isn't that completely ridiculous? So, yeah. yeah, that's the first thing. When I heard that part, I just started cracking up as I was mowing. Because I'm like, this 
I like only kind of vaguely know about the Bechdel test or whatever, but I was like, that I already know that this has failed, so I had to go look it up and make sure that it follows the rules. So, anyways, do you think hmm. that your neighbors would lavish you with compliments about your lawn if they knew what you were listening to while you're mowing <laughs> said lawn? Teen fiction from the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, I love that they walk up and say, wow, your lawn's looking great. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Let me just get this uh, uh, AirPod out of my ear for a second. And they could hear it being like, hi, Stacy, what are you thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking about Troy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hold on, let me pause this. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was pretty painful, the entire experience. Um, so throughout that, uh, finally, the, the concept of the Phantom Caller comes up. It's a person who's a jewel thief who breaks into people's homes. Uh, steals their jewelry, but first, before he does that, he calls them a lot, and when they answer the phone, he just hangs up, and he'll do it uh, a couple times in the day, and then eventually when they leave the house, he breaks in. Uh, that's pretty much it. Not the scariest thing in the world, but, uh, you know, for the 80s, I guess it probably is. Uh, so, the Babysitter's Club hears some rumors about some parents they babysit for that have uh, had some hang-up calls, so they're all worried about it. So they make up this entire code where they can call each other in case the guy is in the house and using their phone, and if they want to call for help without saying, I'm in trouble. Uh, so they have this whole coded language they're going to use with each other. And then as the book goes on, they never use it. So that was annoying, because it was page after page talking about what phrases they'll use and what degrees of uh, trouble they might be in. And then... Uh, wait, wait were, the, were the phrases all boy-centric phrases? <laughs> no, it was like, are you going to use that? Are you going to wear that one sweater tomorrow? Uh, and if it's like, if it's the blue one or something, it's like, okay, I'm just uh, worried, uh-oh. but I don't, but if it's a pink one, it means he's in the house and call the police. <laughs> like, just, yeah. I see. It, it wasn't as boy centric. It would be funny if it was just over the top. Everything was about boys all the time. <laughs> like <laughs> even down to like their coded language. Uh, so anyways, uh, so they spend a lot of pages on that, and then uh, Mary Ann's dad won't let her work while the Phantom Caller is out there. And then this is where we get to learn about the grueling decisions. Wait, wait, so the whole thing with the caller is just hang-up calls? That's it? Hang-up calls, but then freaking out eventually he'll break into your house when you're not home. So before he breaks into your house... Wait, 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 do we know that? No, uh, that that's, the, that's the reports that go on, yeah. That's what they're talking about is how the home's well, been wait, broken I, into. Okay, okay, my, my question though is, is that an established thing that has happened to these characters in the book, or this is just a rampant speculation like that somebody is hanging up the phone and then they just jump to the conclusion that that's a burglar or something. No, it's what's happened. Like, uh, it's been police reported, uh, reported, okay. reporting it, uh, for other homes. So they're reading about it and hearing about it and stuff. Okay. So, so, yeah. so they do, they didn't just like <clears throat> somehow make this leap. From- no, nope. I mean, that would have been incredibly poor writing. Okay. Just like, have well, you heard about this was, guy wait. that calls and hangs up? Yeah, you know he's got to be breaking into homes, stealing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's kind of what I was uh, thinking there. Yeah, no, yeah. sorry, I didn't explain that okay. well. Uh, no, it's the police reports of a yeah, it's established oh, fact okay. that this is, is what he does. So, anyways, uh, Marianne's dad won't let uh, Marianne work at you know babysitting while this is happening. So then, that's where the uh, hard decisions of capitalism are made. Where okay, wait, 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 back up. Hmm. So. The assumption there has to be that if nobody answers the phone, then it's safe to break into the house, right? Wouldn't that be 
Like, I'm going to call this house. If somebody's yeah. home and oh. answers it, I'm just going to hang up. But if nobody's home, that means I can go break in. So all they have to do to thwart the burglary is answer the <laughs> phone. I don't understand why That's she can't That's a good can't point. I did, I did accidentally leave out uh, one thing, which I didn't think was important until your line of questioning came into play, is that they, they did say that sometimes he goes into people's homes while they're there. And how scary would that be if you're like well, wake up and he's then, in your room? Why is he bothering with all the phone calls then? If he's just going to go in anyway, why why waste time making these phone calls? Just, I don't just go know. I, I, I could see that it's very much like the Claudia, the main character, loves Nancy Drew. So this was just kind of a ripoff of like, not a ripoff, but just like, all right, what if it's like a phantom phone caller? Okay, how do I write a story around that? And I, So it's like very not well thought out. Because yes, if you're like, as a real like writer, you'd be like, okay, I want to make this phantom phone caller guy scary. So fine, he calls and hangs up a lot, but I got to have a reason for why they do, you know, and then you'd think it out and you'd write up something, you know, and then it would actually be like realistic and kind of scary. But no, you're right. Uh, the, the phone calling is just a slapped on gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, we need a, a grittier, more realistic retelling of the Babysitter's Club here. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Babysitter's Club would be in the public domain yet. We're kind of like uh, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. We can take the source material and rework it uh, to make it better. I think, we, I think we've got to wait another 50 years on that. Right? You said this came out in 1986. Yeah. <laughs> Damn yeah, it. Does, isn't it like 79 years or something? Ah, eh, crap. Fine. Or even more, is it like 70 years after the author dies or something? There's. Well, it takes a while for it to get into the public domain, I think. Plus, it's based but on yeah, a true story. It it's a does, memoir, so I don't want to get sued by the family or anything. Yeah, but well, yeah, it could really do it with a, a more gritty retelling. Well, absolutely, it's the dumbest thing I've ever read. Yeah, First of all, I you think, strip uh, up all the talk about boys. I get it. You're in high school. You're going to talk about boys, but my God, it's so much of the book. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I think Claudia needs a drug problem. Um, yeah, this mm. burglar has to be way more aggressive. Yeah, and just dark. This Baby Service Club needs to go some dark places, if you ask me. <laughs> I would love it if written by Ben, the next Babysitter's Club, and uh, you just see like a 12-year-old kid reading it and puts it down and goes, wow, that that Babysitter's Club really went to a dark place. (laughs) 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 I'll be sure to watch out for that then. I really learned a lesson here. Plus, in the back of the the step-by-step instructions on how to secure yourself <laughs> and everything. During yeah, it's, <clears throat> if I write it, it's going to go to a dark place, but uh, you'll have to commend me that the logic in the book is going to be airtight. <laughs> everything will make sense within the fiction of the book. You're gonna have, gonna be, yeah, we're not going to be poking holes in it as easily as you are with this one. Oh, no, you're going to have Dakota Fanning and all sorts of other actors and actresses um, just clamoring to... Do the audiobook of your your versions of Babysitters Club. It's like if I could do the if I could read the audiobook for Ben's Stephen and the knife wielding guy or whatever for Babysitters Club, uh, it's really gonna open up a whole new line of work for me. People are gonna take me far more seriously as a dramatic actor and that kind of thing. Well anyways, I gotta finish my damn book. Uh, so that goes on and then uh, so the harsh aspect of capitalism is that uh, Marianne's dad won't let her work. So then she says, well, I can't pay my dues for the babysitter's club because I'm not going to be working. So I guess I have to quit the babysitter's club, like give up her part ownership Wait. in the company. 
<laughs> it's a like a pyramid scheme. I know. There's dues. What is that? Yeah. What What is that? Why Why can't she just? Well, they did. <laughs> they did let her become like a basically like an admin. Like she has to take notes and stuff and and get supplies. So then she can take, still be part of the company. Wait, what notes? Take what notes? What are we? I know. Wait. So wait, the, the Babysitter's Club is it's a corporation in the what, what the hell? I I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with this world. Oh, me neither. Until this club, uh, it's so all confused. out of her bedroom. It's just a a real so, go getter who wants to make this kind of company, but they take it really seriously and have dues and stuff. It's bizarre. Well, who? Me. Wait, wait. Who's running the company? Claudia. Whose company? Is and she can't pay her own dues? No, it's Marianne. It's a friend. Oh, it's okay. one of the many people. Oh, so Claudia just runs a tight ship, and if you don't pay... Well, maybe <laughs> with all the dues that are being paid, maybe Claudia could offer a little protection, and... Oh, yeah! Why can't you get a mall security guard to be hired that night to stand outside the door of the home you're babysitting in? Where are these yeah. dues going? Is it just all for, like, <clears throat> like mead paper and uh, big pens? What is it all going for? Is it to help pay yeah. her, her private line for her phone in her bedroom? I don't know. But anyways... Uh, so there was that moment there, and that was kind of a, a weirdly high, like a high point of like, what are we going to do? And then they're like, okay, you can just get supplies and take notes. And they're like, okay, whew, I can still be part of the company. So uh, Claudia goes and babysits. She starts getting a bunch of hang-up calls. Uh, she has some scary moments uh, with like lights going off during a thunderstorm, uh, but nothing happens. And uh, then Christy is another woman. She, uh, she babysits, and she gets mysterious phone calls. So that's going on. You're waiting for the phantom callers. Going to strike one of these girls. But then uh, Christy finds out that all of her mysterious phone calls are coming from Alan, uh, a jerk boy who has a crush on her. And the only way of showing his affection is by hiding her stuff or pulling on her hair and that kind of thing. Uh, And so then she finds out that it's Alan the whole time. And uh, he basically took the babysitting book that they have. It's like a log of everywhere they have worked and where they plan on working through the week for babysitting. So then he would, like, make copies. And uh, now he knew where she was and where all the other girls were. So he was, like, tracking her down and calling her at these different houses. But he was calling uh, not to prank her. It's because he wanted to ask her to the Halloween haunt school dance. But every time she got on the phone, he got too scared and he hung up. Uh, And then he was... So he was also breaking into houses, too, though? Nope. There was no houses being broken into so far in this story. But Just the a lot cops of phone calls. said there, there were. I thought you said the police said that they were. In different homes that have nothing to do with these girls. Oh. So that's just police reports in other parts of the city, but it has nothing to do with these girls. So these girls start getting hang-up calls, uh, and so that's they're like, don't know what's going on, and they're all scared and everything. So it turns out, at least for Christy, it's just Alan, uh, and he's been sort of stalking her because he copied down all the information from her book. Claudia has been getting hang-up calls, but she doesn't know where they're coming from. Uh, oh, probably from the burglar. That's the thing. So she's getting them from the Phantom, right? Nope, it turns out to be Trevor, the boy she's got a crush on. He wants oh, to go to the Halloween Haunt School dance, too. Uh, and he got the oh. information from Alan. Uh, and then at the end, really tacked on, the Phantom is caught uh, when the police stake out a rich person's home and they catch him, and that's the end. It has, the Phantom never crosses paths with these babysitters. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> well, that sounds stupid. Yep, pretty much the dumbest thing I ever read in my entire life. Wow. Yeah. Hey, at least in Double Dirty Mountain Man, they rescued that bobcat. <laughs> That's true. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you're going to have the Phantom Caller, at least have a run-in with him. It's thought it's supposed to be the tension in the story. It's supposed to be the high point. Yeah. This story had no high point. Just who's calling a yeah. lot? Oh, it's the boy I like. <laughs> that sounds incredibly unsatisfying. Oh, it's deeply unsatisfying. Okay. So, any thoughts on my book? I know you kind of got work to do a lather earlier. Uh, yeah, I think I've expressed my thoughts on the book already. Okay. Well, then let's move on uh, to the to the big wrap up. all that noise through cord oh sorry are you done maybe Maybe. now are you done yes i can still hear it really (laughs) all right now you're quiet ben uh so you got any thoughts on our books all together you liked yours but you didn't finish it and you assume that the ending is off the chain well i've heard i've heard good things i'm looking forward to finishing it all right. Um, yeah, so far so good, though. I like it. What did you think of my book, Ben? It sounds terrible and unsatisfying. <laughs> it's completely unsatisfying. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I was expecting it to be good, but I always imagine if you have, because, the, I mean, they pay different people to write these series of books. It's like there was also a different line of sort of teen fiction that was out back in the 80s. I forget what it was called. It wasn't Babysitter's Club. It was something else, but... But it was different authors almost on every book. and um, But you'd think that they would like want to get creative. Like, okay, I've got to work with this turd, but I'm going to try to like write a really good story or have something, you know, make it worthwhile for me to sit and write this. But apparently not. They just phoned it in. Oh. So anyways, okay, can I just... As hmm. One thing I want to interject real quick is you um, giving me a little bit of grief for not finishing the book. And I would just like to point out that According to Goodreads, the Babysitter's Club book that you didn't even read, you just listened to it, was 153 <laughs> pages long, whereas mine is 458 pages long. So, yeah. Okay, just just want to uh, it's the make sure we establish that mine was three times as long, and I'm, I'm guessing a you're bit really, more. You're really fixated on know. page numbers. I'm well, you keep the... taking shots at me for not finishing it, and mine was literally three times as long, probably oh. a bit more advanced language in there. And also, I read it. <laughs> I didn't listen to it. I read it. So I'm going to take shots at you. Uh, I believe there's a time in the past I didn't finish a chapter or something, and oh, boy, you gave me so much grief. So this is my chance to shine. Okay. Um. So yes, for the love you're... of God, can we please read the uh, Ghostbusters book now? Yes, because I have it in hand. The uh, the post office delivered it before the post office <laughs> got burned down. down. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's unfortunate. My, I was a little worried. I actually I have some packages coming my way that I ordered. They're uh, being shipped via USPS. And yeah, they're not coming. They are. Though. Dad, I, ch- I checked the tracking today. They, I think they hadn't quite made it to that facility yet. So they were. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I. I could have been in trouble with that maybe but um, um, i don't so know if he is on the way i don't know if he is now but my dad was saying because he's like about eight blocks away from where everything was happening and he was saying that like yeah we're not getting any mail or anything because they burnt down the post office and so i wonder if he is now because i would imagine they'd reroute it and have a different office start trying to deliver to those areas but who knows but 
Yeah. Well, I mean, well, they can't they can't deliver the mail that is no longer there. Oh, sure. There's that couple days worth of mail or whatever that they've been yeah. burnt up. But uh, now, nah, you know, future mail. Let's just sit until something. I don't know. Oh no! So they'll just reroute the future mail. But yeah, I was oh, a little okay. I was a little concerned that my packages were maybe already at the facility as it was being burned and looted. But uh, no, yeah. according to the tracking, it's fine. So, well, so that was a relief. <laughs> Thank God your book got there before the civil unrest kicked. In. <laughs> I just yeah. love. You know, for a guy who tries to make fun of me for living in the suburbs, your wants and needs are pretty simple as well. Yeah. Ah, yeah. well. Um, yeah, but we're going to dive into Ghostbusters. And <laughs> He's saying it very clearly this time. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's the original novelizations of Ghostbusters 1 and 2. I, I propose that we... Just do one. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to read both of these in one week. So no, no, no. I wasn't planning on that. Okay. I originally just wanted to read the first one. Oh, we're um, reading both of them, but just not. Well, we'll split one. it up into like different yeah. episodes or something. But yeah, yeah. Um, maybe have you worked on trying to get Twilight at all yet, or the next Twilight book, so we could maybe fall back on uh, the second Ghostbusters until you I, get it. <laughs> I still have. I can. I can try again. I have. Twilight on hold from the library, but I don't know what's going on with the library right now. So maybe I can try. I don't know. All right, fine. Try, try a different branch or something. Because I don't, I don't know how if they're not transporting books between library branches right now or something. Because I, I think I maybe have mine on hold at a location that's not open. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Well, we at least have a different uh, ghost Ghostbusters book that uh, we can read two of them to get I us through until you figure your crap out. Gutbusters. <laughs> That's what it's called, right? You were saying Gustbusters the last couple times. That's the I reason was, I was laughing so hard. I was not. All right. Well, you got anything else you want to say, Ben? I got to go water my lawn. The sun's going down, and I got to get that water out there. Uh, take advantage of that nighttime. Let that water soak. Yeah, sun's already down. Yeah, so I got to get out there. You got anything else you want to say, Ben? Nah. <laughs> Maybe my new catchphrase, since you're not saying uh, book boys screaming anymore. Um, my catchphrase is going to be, gotta get to the lawn. No. <laughs> Water up. No. Let's, let's, let's get wet. <laughs> I'll figure out something. Something lawn-based uh, to yeah. end my show with. <laughs> I'm sure you will. All right, well, thanks for listening, and uh, tune in next week as we review Gustbusters, part one. Did you say Gustbusters? Oh, okay. Why are you talking about Gustbusters already, then? Can you say that again? <laughs>